This is Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Episode 131, Caught in a Trap and In for the Kill. Trap was released as the B-side of Calling America on January 24th, 1986 in the U.S. and February 21st, 1986 in the U.K. It wasn't released on album until February 26th, 2007 in the U.K. and March 20th, 2007 in the U.S. as a bonus track on special edition of Balance of Power. In For The Kill is an earlier alternate track of Caught In A Trap. It sat unreleased until the bonus track was featured on the 2007 special edition of Balance Of Power. It's a trap! Hi, I'm Eric Winsenson. And I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And we're caught in a trap. We can't walk out. Oh, not that that's not the song, is it? But Caught In A Trap is the B-side of Calling America. And... It's about as catchy as Calling America. (laughs) In fact, this probably could have been about a double A side. And I don't know why this wasn't on the Balance of Power album, especially since there was some stuff on there that uh, really wasn't that good and could have been replaced by this. I mean, still, I know it's not classic ELO. It's very 80s pop, but it's still better than some of the throwaway 80s pop songs that are on the album. Chorus is very good. I love the uh, keyboard intro to it. I saw something on there about weird percussion. I didn't hear any weird percussion. I heard most likely a drum machine. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I I don't know if a 3-4 or 4-4 four, four beat is weird percussion. <laughs> I guess if all you listen to is Kowali music or something like that, or <laughs> but no, it's just a good little pop song. I guess maybe he thought it was too pop to put on the album, but then there's some other stuff on the album that's <laughs> about the same and not as memorable, so there's not really a whole lot to say about it. Lyrics are not really that um, great. I should say. Uh, It's kind of like something that was just tossed off and recorded, and I don't know, maybe he just didn't have any investment in it. So he just threw it on a B-side. I got a lot to say about it. When I got the single, I listened to the B-side, because deep into ELO for the previous two and a half years, ELO's done some great non-album B-sides. Drum Dreams, Julie Don't Live Here Anymore, When Time Stood Still, After All. I'm trying to think of the American releases, because I didn't have any of the British releases yet. So I put it on, and I didn't listen to it again for probably another 10 years, which would probably give you a hint as what I'm going to say about this song. 
10 years later and thought, well, maybe I'll like it a little bit more. All right, maybe I can go another 15 years without hearing it. And I did. And I thought, you know, I can go another probably 15 years without hearing this. I've heard it maybe three times up until the last week, six times in the entire time the song has existed. Three of those times have been in the last week, only because I have to, because it's for the podcast. I hate this song. It is so bland, so boring. If a lot of the stuff on Balance of Power is generic 80s over-synth pop music, this is like amazingly generic. This is like 1970s white box generic in big black letters on it. This just sounds like anybody, and I do mean anybody, who had a record deal in the 80s and could slap together a song with some synthesizers could have made this. There is nothing remarkable about this song to me whatsoever. I'm going to make a bold statement here. I'm going to say this is the worst ELO song I've heard up to this point. I haven't gotten too deep into the last two ELO albums, but I'm going to say this is the worst one I've heard. And I'm going to go even bolder and say this is even worse than Battle of Marston Moore. Um, Yeah. 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 Really? Yes. Really. (laughs) Because here's why. Even though there has never, ever, ever been a time in my life when I've thought, sweet Jesus, I got to hear Battle of Marston Moore. Or even just thought, I guess I'll listen to Battle of Marston Moore. There's never been a time in my life where there's been a tiny bit where it's like, I'd like to listen to Battle of Marston Moore. But here's why Battle of Marston Moore is better than Caught in a Trap. It's interesting. I say it that way so that it doesn't come out like, oh, it's interesting, like it's, oh, it's a fascinating song. No, it's it's interesting and sort of like, what the hell is happening here? It's like this weird performance art thing that even though you don't like it at all, you just can't turn away from it. It's got all these weird bits that go on, in and out, and this crazy pompous progressive rock thing at the time of Roy Wood belting out some soliloquy about the king and he must go and and that kind of crazy early 70s kind of stuff like that. I don't like it. I, I just don't want to hear it. But it is an interesting mesh of sounds and it takes different turns throughout the, what is it, 27, 45 minute long song? Or does it just feel like that? Uh, I think it just feels like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a six-minute-something song. Caught in a Trap is boring. There is nothing interesting going on here. This could play, and it's not going to take long before it just disappears into the background for me. No different than the hum of the air conditioning or the refrigerator that makes its noise. For me, there is nothing interesting about it. It's easily dismissible background noise that's just kind of like, oh, it's over. Okay, I didn't even really notice it. I hate this song. You describe Marston Moore as interesting in the same tone that a lot of women have described me to their (laughs) friends when trying to hook them up with me. Oh, you too? So what's he like? He's interesting. Yeah, I don't even get the great personality because that would be a lie. But... uh... (laughs) Or as my sister-in-law used to say, you married him. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
Now, I hadn't actually even heard this song, Caught in a Trap, until today. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason is because even though I had the 45 of Calling America until it got a hairline crack, and I got rid of it looking for another, still looking for another copy. Still have the picture sleeve and still looking for another copy. But I never listened to it because for the longest time, my rule was I don't listen to B-sides. <laughs> I have no idea how I got that rule in, other than I think I listened to an embarrassing B-side around my parents at one point and just stopped. (laughs) Yeah, no, I used to have the same rule until I heard Julie Don't Live Here Anymore. Yeah, until I started realizing, I think it was, yeah, I started making some exceptions for stuff like Phil Collins' The Man with the Horn and stuff like that when I started realizing occasionally there is something good on the back of that. Yeah. And it's not just another track off the record, it's actually something that should have been on the record. (laughs) I will stick with saying that Caught in a Trap should have been on there. I do agree with you that it is pretty generic, mm-hmm. but when it comes to some of the other generic stuff that's on there, at least this is catchy. At least you got the chorus, Caught in a Trap, blah, 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 <laughs> and <laughs> it sticks in your head. That's mainly what a pop song is supposed to do, and it does what it's supposed to do. I would not rank this one of the highest ranked ELO songs ever, not even one of the highest ranked B-sides ever. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, When Time Stood Still is <laughs> kind of hard to beat yeah. for a B-side. So, I agree with a lot of your points. It's just that I think I, over the years, I just was a little bit more open-minded to certain 80s sounds. Mm-hmm. Not as much the top 40 music from the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You wouldn't believe how much bad music there was in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nostalgia is where you cherry-pick the good stuff. Yes, absolutely. And if this had been released as a single on its own, it'd probably be something I'd still have in my collection simply because, well, it's ELO, and it would be one of those kind of almost-made-it songs, and I really don't see it going that far simply because it was yellow right at the time in 86 yeah yeah i don't hate it as much as you do even though i do agree with your points about why you wouldn't like it yeah now the in for the kill version is a little bit different Lyrically, that one's interesting. I mean, it's not anything groundbreaking. It's, oh, greed is bad. Yeah. (laughs) But lyrically, it's not another generic love song. It's actually trying to do something that's a little bit more topical. Mm -hmm. So I give him that on that one. But musically, I don't really see that much of a difference other than And For The Kill doesn't have the intro. Yeah, it's not really much of a difference. Originally, I had In For The Kill listed as its own episode. That was before I found out that it was an earlier or a different version of Caught In A Trap. And I kind of wrestled in my head, do we do a separate episode for In For The Kill or or not? And I thought, no, I really don't want to go through this song twice. To me, it sounds like, I know you said that the bouncer felt like it was phoned in. And you and the horse you rode in on for saying that. Um... (laughs) 
But this one doesn't even feel phoned in. It feels like he didn't even want to put in the effort to get up and go to the phone to call it in. It's kind of like he's just sitting in the corner of the studio, just minding his own business. Somebody says, Jeff, we need some B-sides. Okay, uh... Alright, that's good. Richard pushed the pre-programmed pop synth button on the Casio. Uh, Bevan, you... Bevan? Bevan? All right, Richard, push the drum program that's on the Casio <laughs> keyboard with that other one. All right, let's go. Okay, after four. Four. Just, it's, I, I don't like it much. Andrew Whiteside loved it, and he wrote something, as usual, that I find crazy. He says that the keyboard intro borrowed the string introduction from Poor Boy. I don't, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't hear it at all. I listen to both. And it's like, I, I, is he just paid to write down words and whether it matters, applies, or makes sense at all or not? Oh, it was a fanzine, so I don't even know if he was paid. I, it's, 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 yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I've come to look at Andrew Whiteside as I look at a number of people that I've read stuff from. It's a little subsection of critics and journalists that I call Am I Rights. <laughs> Recently, there was some guy talking about how 45 RPM singles sucked, as if this was a given thing. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Hey, 45 sucked. Am I right? Am I right? Looking around to see if anybody's agreeing with him so he can be cool and no. he can be the guy throwing out this bomb that says, oh, yeah, well, now he's saying everything we've always wanted to say. And, no. and that's how I feel about Andrew Whiteside as he yeah. comes up with stuff. And you go, am I right? No, and no, you're not no. right, Andrew. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you're just talking out of the wrong orifice. Yeah. Got something to say about caught in a trap? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. Well, hello, this is Troy. Um, caught in a trap. I have to admit... I never heard this song before until I bought the CD special edition of Balance of Power a few years back. And I have to say that I do like it. I think it probably is best that it remained a B-side, although I do think a case can be made to place it on the album. I would have myself, I would have left Send It off the album and put Caught in a Trap towards the beginning of Side 2. And that way, Endless Lies ends the album, which I think it should have all along. But as to Caught in a Trap, in many ways it sounds like the great lost aha song of the 1980s. The beginning especially sounds like something aha would do. And who knows, maybe Jeff Lynne might have ended up producing them. Also, I can see Depeche Mode doing this, the Go-Go's, the Cars, and then there we go again. There are a few songs on Balance of Power that I can see other artists from the 1980s doing, but not necessarily ELO. And in the final analysis, that's the way I feel about this song. It's catchy, it's well-written, but it just doesn't sound like an ELO song. But as a quirky B-side for record collectors, or maybe in an alternate universe, as a replacement for another song like Send It on Balance of Power, it might have worked. But I think this song seconds the motion that Jeff is trying to convey with Balance of Power 
as if nobody got the message with secret messages, that he had definitely moved beyond ELO, and he was thinking of other directions to take his music. And so I think, again, we have an example of that. But it's still, overall, it's a good song. Nice B-side. I'll talk to you next week. This has been A Thought From Troy. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? Mm, I think it was good. I like it, don't love it, just like it. Plain old like. Wow, she liked it! Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, episode 132, Destination Unknown.